Angela Addison. Well, let me say this as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And uh, Richard is over in Studio CC, not Sherry V. Richard is in for Sherry V over in Studio CC. We'll see if we can't get around to a few phone calls in the last segment, so make sure you stick around for that. Mm -hmm. Um, Today's topic of discussion uh, will ultimately turn to when the bearing gets tough, when the bearing gets tough, Mm. right? And I think that that's what we're going to see increasingly. Um, it's it's going to be difficult to bear with believers who are weak <coughs> in the faith. It's going to be difficult to bear with individuals who really love Jesus um, but are not finding themselves steeped in the word because as our culture continues to secularize, continues to secularize at a rapid pace, uh, what we're going to find is that this is uh, infiltrating the church more and more. And so it's going to make it more and more difficult for um for faithful for yeah. strong Christians to bear with the weak. Yeah. We still have to do it and we'll and we'll use some scripture to get there. We'll still have to do it, but it's going to be really really difficult and um you know, some of us just have to be here for this moment. Like we just I mean that's just what we that's what we have. Like yeah. that's what we have, you know. I know yeah. it's going to it's going to be tough for some people cuz you're going to feel like, "Man, why am I always the one?" Trying to bring well. it back to the scriptures, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're, you're built. To do. You're built for this moment. I mean, God's raised you up for this. That's what you're so supposed to do. That's that's what you. <laughs> 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 for for everybody who can't say it like that, just say it the way you would say it. But that's what you mean. That's what you're supposed to do. Right. All right. That's what you're supposed <laughs> to do. Uh, all right. So let's. I want to do this. Um, yesterday we started talking about the uh, Supreme Court ruling, and uh, of course we've got Abraham Hamilton the third who is the policy analyst and also (laughs) (laughs) and also the legal counsel (laughs) and also the radio host. Okay. He's got three jobs around you. And uh, so we (laughs) (laughs) three. What? (laughs) Oh my goodness. This is our brother and our cousin from new Orleans. And um, you know how you do when you, when you find a great place to work, you're going to bring your whole family. (laughs) <laughs> and so that's what we did. And no, I'm just kidding. Um, but Abraham Hamilton III, who, man, is such a tremendous blessing to the body of Christ. I'm so glad that we're fighting on the same side. And um, he helps us make sense of what is happening, not only in politics, mm. but certainly what is happening at the Supreme Court level. And uh, we had several decisions that we had been waiting for. Didn't think all those decisions would be lumped into one, um, but they were. And as Laura Perry pointed out yesterday, I thought she made a great observation. It mm-hmm. seems that they did this strategically yeah, um, to try to make a point, you know, mm-hmm. and, and so we got to talk about that. Abe, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, personally. Well, good. Uh, but uh... Look, I want to say I'm, I'm <laughs> glad that Abe is uh, born again. He went to Amen. a left, leftist school down in uh, New Orleans. No, I'm just <laughs> my school was too. But anyway, that's so sad. <laughs> well, anyway, no, it's good. I know. I know that um, after a day like yesterday is very tiring. 
Um, you, along with the rest of the country, um, well, let me say, people who make it their business to study 172 pages of, <laughs> you know, <laughs> of chatter. Yeah. I know it was a very busy day. I know that people were having uh, problems downloading this particular opinion because um, when these things come out, everybody's trying to get it. And so, but you've had some time to look it over and to even mm-hmm. discuss it on your show. Will the Great and I had an opportunity to listen in, and uh, we invited you on to talk to the Aaron the Addict. Just make some observations, fill people in on some of, you know, what might be gaps as we try to process this information. Of course, I have questions. Um, hopefully, those will answer some of the questions that we have out there outstanding. Before we get into it, though, Abe, how do, how do we even start? You want to just give like a background on this decision, catch people up in case people are unaware? Uh, yeah, I can do that. And I, I want to make sure I mentioned that it it this yesterday and I described it on the radio as a mule kick to the chest from mm. the Supreme Court. Um, mm. because wow. the issues uh, most, I guess, front and center being discussed in the media uh, surround the three opinions that deal with the court's decision to become a supra, S-U-P-R-A, legislature and amend Title Seven of the Civil mm. Rights Act. But that is not all that they did yesterday. I'm going to go into this in more detail on the show today okay. uh, where they made some decisions concerning the Second we'll Amendment have to listen. and some decisions concerning whether or not States are required to obey federal law when it comes to <laughs> reporting illegal immigrants to mm. federal authorities. Right. Um, and so in those mm. instances, the Supreme Court didn't make an affirmative decision, but they, they, they made a decision to refuse to even hear cases, which is absolutely remarkable when you consider, well, don't we have a majority conservative jurist on the court? Because in order for the Supreme Court to take a case, it only takes four to agree. Mm. But you couldn't even get four people to agree. Mm-hmm. For example, I'll just say this. That a citizen, and this concerns the Second Amendment, uh, which I think is important right now. We see out okay. uh, social unrest and things going on. Mm-hmm. Where you had a gentleman, <laughs> yeah, you had yes. a gentleman who who happens to ride, reside in New Jersey. His work caused him to go into some sketchy areas, mm-hmm. and so he wanted to be able to carry his peace it be still with him <laughs> as he as he traveled. See <laughs> what I did there? But the, the state of New the state of New Jersey said, in order that. for you. To be able to carry your peace, be still, you mm-hmm. have to demonstrate. You have to prove why you need it. Mm. <laughs> Say what? The Constitution does not require an affirmative showing of proof in order right. for someone to exercise their rights under the Second Amendment. Mm. But the state of New Jersey sure said it did. And wow. the Supreme Court allowed them to do so by saying, we don't even want to hear this case. Wow. Along with nine others where states across the country are impinging upon citizens' Second Amendment rights. Uh, and the Supreme Court is like, cool, no problem. Go mm. ahead, continue it. And, the, and I'm saying that uh, because it's directly, in my opinion, related mm-hmm. to uh, the understanding of religious freedom in our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that allows the citizens to protect the First Amendment is the Second Amendment. Mm. When, when our government uh, decides to crush our rights, then we have, we su- we're supposed to be able to resort to the Second Amendment expressly. To mm. prohibit the encroachment, the, uh, the exceeding encroachment of government. Yeah. But the Supreme Court was just like, nah, I'm going to head out. <laughs> I'm going to head out, and, and we're going to continue to let mm. these states across the country Man. to pummel the citizens. So I'm taking it all in together. And, then, and to get to your, to your question, and I'll say this very succinctly and toss it back to you for a particular question. Uh, the Supreme Court, there were three particular cases that the country were waiting on. Two of them, uh, the case styled... Gerald Bostick versus Clayton County, Georgia, the second Altitude Express versus Donald Zarda. These cases turn on whether or not 
the Civil Rights Act of 1964, Title VII specifically, uh, that prohibits discrimination on the basis of race. I hate that term, but that was in the, that's in mm-hmm, the law. Mm-hmm. Race, religion, na- nation of origin, color, and sex. That's the only five categories of protected classes in the country. Well, the question is whether or not homosexuality is included in the definition for sex from 1964. Then you had a third case, uh, the Harris mm-hmm. Funeral Home versus the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission case, which asked whether or not the Title VII of the Civil Rights Act also includes the idea of gender identity. Mm. And so, and I think you alluded to Laura Perry making an observation, which I think she's spot on. They tied all three of those cases in together. Yeah. Because they knew that the bridge to transgenderism mm-hmm. was much further mm. in society's mind than the bridge from homosexuality, but they just put them all in one big legal soup. Mm. Right. And, and the Supreme Court, oh, by the way, the opinion for the majority, six voted in, in favor of this judicial amendment of law. Mm-hmm. Three opposed it. The mm-hmm. author of the majority opinion was Neil Gorsuch. Which surprised me. It surprised me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Who is the former Man, clerk of look. Justice Antonin Scalia and supposedly a constitutionalist and a textualist in the mold of Antonin Scalia. Man. Well, don't seem like it. Obviously not. <laughs> don't seem like it. I... Look, I this that is that that surprised me. There is so much, um, there is so much spiritual underpinning to this, like oh, because th- 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 this is so shocking. You know what yeah. I mean? Like you know, and I'm anyway. I I say this kind of tongue in cheek, but if there is to believe that there could be a rolling over in one's grave, mm. I mean, this would be the instance where there, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you know how we use this expression to say right. that? Oh my goodness, to say that this is the seat that you're filling. Um, just does not do justice, pun intended, to the person that you have replaced. And and this is so sad. I, I have to tell you because, you know, at the time that we were talking about Gorsuch, I mean, I was using his name like like a verb at different times. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, you, you, you have all of these thoughts about who these people are. But it's like you said last night on your program, which, by the way, let me make sure that listeners know the time. So 5 Central, you can catch the Hamilton Corner. So tonight... Abe's going to continue unpacking these and other things that we need to be aware of. So make sure you catch that. But we were listening last night and you said something that was just so chilling. And and it's so matter of fact. And of course, this is in the context of talking about the things that we tend to put our hope in. Mm. But you said no one's coming to save us. Like, no, (laughs) you know, and it's there's this there's this moment where the room goes silent when a statement like that is made. But then someone starts the slow clap because they realize what it means. (laughs) Yeah. Right. That it's <laughs> that it's got to be Jesus. Right. Yeah. It's got to be the yeah. Lord and all the other things that we put our hope and our trust in. Those things have proven to be a failure. But I don't mean to to derail too much to go back to what you're saying. So it was Neil Gorsuch who wrote the majority opinion. Yes. Neil Gorsuch, Chief Justice John Roberts, joined the four established regressives on the court. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, <laughs> Dark Bader, uh, <laughs> Stephen Breyer. <laughs> Sonia Sotomayor, the wise Latina, and (laughs) Elena Kagan. I want you to bring out the best in us, Abe. Look, when we invite you on Aaron the Addisons, please do not bring out the worst in us because when when you – there's just something that gets drawn out, okay? And I want us to keep it under wraps, Will, you especially, because I know when you and Abe get together, my husband's a different person. When he talks to you, Abe – he is a different person. He comes home and tells me about you guys' conversations. And I'm like, you're not that person with me. Okay? Like, this is a different thing that you guys have going on. It's but, true. No, because the the Ruth Bader Ginsburg thing, that is 
her, she's straight from the playbook, and I am telling you. Hmm. Yes. Like, I'm not going. Right. She's, yes, literally. She's going to be there <laughs> yes. for a minute. You know? Yes, that's okay. right. Anyways. That's why Darth Vader. Man, continue. but, but, but to the point of, like, what Laura was saying and what Abe said, how they lumped these three together, mm-hmm. you know, because they knew that the, the funeral home one was a f- much more harder one to, I guess, mm-hmm. get through. Mm-hmm. That that's mm-hmm. to me that that's that's a wicked scheme. Oh, it, 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 it's <laughs> no, it's, it, it's no doubt a wicked scheme. So just so I'm gonna put my professional hat back on for a moment. That what Neil sure. Gorsuch and and this is an intelligent man. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is not a man who his his elevator doesn't go go all the way to the top. Right. He <laughs> had to literally pull a Simone Biles gymnastic trick <laughs> in order oh, to fit this. His argument Dang. was. Well, of course, in 1964, the law should include what we wanted to include in 2020 mm-hmm. because you cannot discriminate against somebody based on their homosexuality or their trans or their gender identity unless you demonstrate you discriminate against them based on sex. Aha! That's ridiculous. <laughs> that's that's, that's ridiculous. preposterous. Yeah. And and it's so preposterous. I, I want to read just mm-hmm. a small portion of what Justice Samuel Alito, who was one of the dissenters, mm-hmm. uh Uh, said about Neil Gorsuch's Simone Biles gymnastic trick. (laughs) He said this, quote, the court attempts to pass, when he says the court, he's talking about the majority. Okay. Mm -hmm. The court attempts to pass off its decision as the inevitable inevitable product of the textualist school of statutory interpretation championed by our late colleague, Justice Scalia. But no one should be fooled. Mm. The court's opinion is like a pirate ship. It sails under under a textualist flag but what it actually represents is a theory of statutory interpretation that Justice Scalia excoriated. Mm. The, mm. the theory that courts should update old statutes so that they better reflect better reflect the current values mm. of society. Wow. <laughs> wow. And that's exactly what they did. Exactly what they did. I mean, Man. that's amazing. It, 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 he went, I would say that Gorsuch went textbook liberal in his opinion. I mean, yeah. he went by the book liberal we can change whatever we want we can interpret however we want we can say whatever we want to meet our current needs i mean that's that is by the book he didn't even try to cover it a little bit that is just so that's amazing that's amazing so then let's do this because we got to grab this break when we come back i want to talk about the implications of this decision i know that there are still questions that are swirling around out there but you know abe you know where we come to rest on this is okay so now for the body of Christ, for the church. How does this impact the bride? Mm -hmm. And that's where I want to spend some time as we discuss this and kind of unpack it for our listeners. Uh, We have to be vigilant Mm -hmm. and we got to get ready to bear with the weak as that weakness will increase with a decision like this. The weakness among us will increase. Erin the Addisons, we'll be right back. Beat that music. Let's go. Man, I done had it. Dude, you can have it. Cats is only going to church to learn to stack the cabbage. Multiple collections, man, agreed is wreaking havoc. Dudes becoming preachers because they want to be living lavish. Man, this is madness. Pastors is savage. Passing the plate just to pass in the maverick. Pass through the script just to pass on the passage. That you made this so indulgent. <laughs> you should be so <laughs> indulgent. What you, you mean? Should, there I should had be to. more self-control no, when he come coming on, from you gentlemen. I got to bring here. it back. When we're doing this, this is such a flashback. Run that back. 
people who have listened to Aaron the Addisons for a long time, the morning show, this is this is a walk down memory lane for you. And you always got excited when you heard that music. Oh man! Because you knew that there was an Abe in a thicket, there was an Abe in a bush coming up, and you're about to get turban used to get lit. Dropped with a whole bunch of knowledge. They were like, "Oh, that's Abe's music. That's his intro music. He's about to step out onto the stage." Mm-hmm. And and so here we are. Man, it's so much fun to be able to um, visit with Abe on air. But I, I would say this, and, and all joking aside, Abe is valuable to the body of Christ. Oh, yeah. He is valuable 100%. to the body of Christ. And and let me let me tell you something. It's not just because of what swirls around in his mind. It's because he has committed to use that for the glory of God. Mm. Right. And so whenever we have abilities and we have gifts and we respond to the Lord and use that for the glory of God, we're valuable. We're Amen. valuable in the body of Christ. That's why the encouragement every single day is for Christians everywhere to hold the line. Mm. Do what it is that God has called you to do right where you are. You hold your section of the line, right? So anyway, welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that was uh, BSAC Music by Chosen One. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I think we, have, we might have a little bit of a delay here. If that's okay, okay. we will work through it. Abraham <laughs> Hamilton the third, who is public policy analyst here at American Family Association and um, also legal counsel and host of the Hamilton Corner. He is also a husband. He's a husband and a father. (laughs) (laughs) I watch some of the comments come up in your live shows. And uh, I just want to remind some of your listeners that you're married. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Anyways, um, he's happily married. So here we go. Welcome back. (laughs) Today is not Friday. This is a very serious topic here, but we have to be who we are, right? So the Supreme Court um, has infringed upon the rights of other Americans. They have. I mean, to, to say it simply, they have infringed upon the rights of other Americans. And I don't want to go further than I should, but mm-hmm. this is how I feel. And maybe you can tell me mm-hmm. if maybe what I'm saying is kind of exaggerating what happens, what happened yesterday. But I feel like the Supreme Court erased women yesterday, said that women do not exist. And um, now our country is left to kind of see where we go with people's feelings and assertions from day to day. Yes. From mm-hmm. day to day, whatever people feel and whatever people think now the country and employers, potential employers, are left to kind of make sense of people's feelings and people's whims, and also women have been erased. I mean, am I going too far with that? You're not, not at all. And and I described it, and I know you're familiar with this. Uh, I just yesterday's opinion was, in spite of Congress's failed attempts, some in Congress their attempts, their failed attempts to pass ENDA, the Employment Non Discrimination Act. Mm-hmm. The Supreme Court said, ah, I don't bother with legislation. Uh-huh. We'll do that for you. And obviously, mm-hmm. what ENDA is 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 in adding to the panoply of protected classes, uh, race, sex, color, national origin, and religion, to add into that sexual orientation and gender identity. Hmm. And uh, so hmm. having, yes, having done so, and so I said now, uh, the Supreme Court has now included INDA into the popular understanding wow. of federal law, but it will be applied as if it is the Equality Act. Hmm. Be- because the opinions, wow. yes, that's yes, yes, the opinion is confined to the area of the workplace. However, the way that the opinion was crafted, it will stand for the proposition that sexual orientation and gender identity has been added as additional protected classes within the entire panoply of civil rights wow. law in the United States wow. of America. So, in so doing, and this is amazing. 
because Justice Alito pointed out in his dissent, and so did Kavanaugh, but his dissent, I'm going to just, it was soup mouth. Right, yeah. Will's yeah. Word. It was soup <laughs> mouth. But he so now, the way that the federal law is understood, Title Seven of the 1964 Civil Rights Act stands in direct contrast to Title Nine of mm. the Civil Rights Act of 1964. Title Nine existed to allow the creation of women's sex-specific sports. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. Title Seven says, according to the Supreme Court, that women can mean men wow. in certain circumstances. Wow. The case where you have, and I know ADF is representing the young ladies in Connecticut that were deprived of their, mm-hmm. their, their, their rights in right. track and field right. because, <clears throat> excuse me, because two biological males dominated women's track in the state of Connecticut. Mm. And so the girls say, wait a minute, these are dudes. Yeah. Why, why, why am I being robbed of running in, in track that was created for girls mm-hmm. because I am a girl? The Supreme Court says, no, you're not. Wow. And it was a dead giveaway because when you read the opinion, the plaintiff in the Harris funeral home case, Gorsuch began his opinion by referring to the man as a sheep. Mm. I knew it was over from the first page. Right. When you saw that, that soon as like, he, that's, yeah. that's a route. Soon yeah. as he referred to Amy Stevens as a she, I said, oh, game, set, match. Yeah. Yeah. So game, set, match. It seems mm-hmm. like there's going to be a lot more like cases and litigation like going forward because, I mean, this is going to be challenged. I'm thinking about the, the part. I'm thinking about the church. You know, yes. so they had on the mm-hmm. last couple Man. pages. Listen, <laughs> pay, the uh, majority opinion was 33 pages long. Mm-hmm. The entirety of the opinion is about 119 total. Mm-hmm. And then you have a bunch of others in other cases. Right. But mm-hmm. the court did not reach a consideration of religious liberty until page 32 of 33. Right. right. And on page 32 wow. of 33, wow. yes, that lets you know how important it was to them. <laughs> right. <laughs> on page 32 of 33, the court said, oh, yeah, we know that this could cause some issues concerning religious liberty. Uh, but we're not dealing with that right now. Um, and, you know, we have some protections under the First Amendment and even under RIFRA, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. But we're not dealing with those right now. We'll deal with them when they come up later. And so my, and so what immediately comes to mind is that you guys know we've even been talking behind the scenes that there are even mm-hmm. some professing Christians who are advocating for this compromise called fairness for all mm-hmm. to where they say, OK, we're going to allow protected class status based on sexual orientation and gender identity. But we just want to carve out exceptions and exclusions for churches and religious organizations. Mm -hmm. And I, because before I'm an attorney, I'm a member of the bride of Christ. Amen. Amen. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to sell my brothers and sisters down the river just because they may not work or generate an income from a church or religious institution. Mm -hmm. What about all my brothers and sisters in Christ who are business owners? What about my brothers and sisters in Christ who work in other disciplines? So we're going to just say, oh, we feed them to the lions just so (laughs) Mm. we can make sure we're protecting our ivory towers in our schools and universities. And then even knowing that legally, legally, the analysis as to whether or not a a school, a a quote unquote Christian school or university is a Christian school or university will will be reduced to an analysis as to how much of their existence is a secular function or a religious function. Wow. To wow. say it in short, they're coming for the church. Yeah. Yes. They're yeah. coming yes. for the church. The firing squad has already encircled. Gorsuch mm-hmm. and his band of black-robed uh, judges have determined mm-hmm. that, okay, we will allow bigotry to exist in this small pocket for now. For now. <laughs> yeah. So tell, talk wow. to us, Abe, and I think you're touching on this, but... Make this plain for us in like a practical sense, because, OK, l- let's say that I am I am the the average Christian 
who is trying to keep up with the information. I hear the information and then I go, okay, so what might this look like in practice? And I understand that it's going to look different in practice depending on where you are, right? So like maybe as far as being a business owner, Mm -hmm. you might be affected by this first, right? But eventually this comes to the church. I'm thinking of small Christian schools or small Christian businesses. What did the Supreme Court say to Christians in the United States of America yesterday? The Supreme Court said to Christians in the United States of America, your Bible may say God made them both male and female, but we say to you, we're not so sure. But I'm seeing some mm. Christians say that little clause on that little part on that last page is see that's right, that right there saves us. That part. I, and I'm telling you <laughs> that, that I, I'm just going to tell you. And some people were upset when we were saying this. I do not share their optimism Yeah. because mm-hmm. when you understand this is where you have to pit your disciplinary professional disciplinary knowledge against what you know the Bible says and the spiritual reality. See, we are dealing with a spiritual force that does not settle for being to use popular vernacular tolerated. Mm-hmm. It must dominate. Mm-hmm. We must mm-hmm. not forget that when uh, the the Bible says that all of the men of the city of, of Sodom gathered around Lot's house <laughs> from the youngest to the oldest mm. And demanded that Lot send the angels out so that they may know them. Wow. The Bible wow. says that the angels struck them with blindness. Now, now, just pause and reflect on that. There's the, the people in the city, you know what they do. That's why they came to Lot's house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, they are so eager and zealous about what they want to do with the get down that they mm-hmm. encounter what could only be described as a phenomenal display of power, but that is not enough to stop them. Wow. wow. Yeah. And to where the Bible says they scrape <laughs> at the door yes, in order to gain access. We were told years ago, oh, man, we just want to have a civil unions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Why don't you want us to have civil unions? All we want is to be able to visit our loved ones in the hospital. And, you know, I was in law school when this argument was percolating in Louisiana. I said, wait a minute. Everybody has contract rights. Mm-hmm. You can let the hospital know who you want to come visit you in the hospital upon admissions. Right. Mm-hmm. right. And then they said, no, no. See, what we really want, we just, we just want, you know, to have our partnerships. You know, we just want to have the same rights. Mm. And so the country said, okay, you can have those same rights. <laughs> and then they said, not enough. Mm. We want marriage. Right. The church stood up for a while. No, no, no. And then guess who stepped in? <laughs> Five lawyers with black dresses. Mm. Mm. Don't worry, we'll do it for you. <laughs> and guess what happened this time? There were, there were over 45 attempts to amend se- Title Seven of the 1964 Civil Rights Act to include sexual orientation. Wow. 45 since it was wow. been passed. All of them have not failed to pass. There were additional efforts to add gender identity. All of them have failed to pass in Congress. Five, no, this time six lawyers in black dresses stepped in and said, we'll do it for you. So practically speaking, remember how people had outcry before Mm -hmm. when President Obama ordered that all schooling institutions had to desegregate their restrooms and bathrooms? Mm -hmm. Guess who just did it for President Obama? Wow. The Supreme Court. Wow. Well, I'm not seeing such an outrage about this, like I'm, I'm looking, I'm watching, and uh-huh. it seemed like this should be, because if you look on a scale, <laughs> and I think I asked you this yesterday, on a scale of you know, Obergefell and this, yes. like is this equal? This to- is equal to Obergefell. I'm telling you, this is equivalent to what Obergefell has done. This mm-hmm. has eviscerated the notion of sex-specific locker rooms and bathroom facilities. This has done it. So where is where is the outcry? Where are the articles like the articles that Uh I'm reading from some of our trusted conservative sites have been just to announce the decision. 
but not to criticize it or not to come to the defense of Christians or to mm-hmm. come to the defense of those who in America have religious liberty protections. Like, why not that outcry? You want to, I'll tell you what I think. I can't speak yeah. for them, of course, but I'll mm-hmm. tell you what I think. I think because many of these people have persuaded Christians in particular who have conflated conservatism with Christianity mm. to place all of their hope in getting the right justices elected, right justices nominated to the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And now that they have done so in many of their own estimations and the Supreme Court has kicked us all in the teeth, <laughs> they're clinging to that one page that's one shy from the end of the opinion and saying, but we still have something. We still have something. I'm saying, folks, <laughs> we had the Civil Rights Act of 1970, 1964. Right, right. There is nothing that indicated that anyone intended for that act to do what they've done yesterday. Wow. But they've done it anyway. And mm-hmm. I am telling you and your listeners and the body of Christ at large, enough is enough. Yeah. Psalm mm-hmm. 33. A king is not saved by his great army. Mm-hmm. A nation is not made great by the, the makeup of a Supreme Court. It's That's not right. made great by who is in any elective offices. We must be about the father's business of making disciples. That's right. We mm-hmm. have to. We are not going to reverse course in our nation by just getting people in elective offices. We're mm-hmm. in a constitutional republic. That means wicked people would have an opportunity to express their will in the ballot box. Do you expect mm. wicked people to, to accept and to embrace righteous leadership? <laughs> no. It will not happen that way. So, so I'm this, saying, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm, no, go I'm ahead saying in. that there is a reluctance among many trusted sources to call this uh-huh. for what it is. I think one, there's still a little bit of shock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of shock because honestly, <clears throat> this should have been a slam dunk legally. Mm-hmm. This, this was not a difficult case. But mm-hmm. two, I also think there are a lot of people that are trying to wipe the egg off their faces because they told their constituencies and their readerships all we needed to do was to use what you said earlier to get us a Gorsuch. Mm-hmm. You know, all mm-hmm. we needed to do was to get us yeah. a Kavanaugh. <laughs> all we needed to do was, you know, just yeah. one more, one more. And a lot of people held their nose and, pre- and voted for President Trump so we could get a Gorsuch mm-hmm. and, so, and so that we could get a Kavanaugh. And I'm not saying any of that stuff was wrong, but I'm saying what was wrong is if that was that fulcrum of our hope. Mm-hmm. That yep. is what was wrong. Yeah. When the men stood around Nehemiah's wall, they had a tool and a sword Mm -hmm. and a sword. Many of us are willing to have that tool, but we didn't have the sword. Mm, Wow. Wow. You know, I'm thinking (laughs) and again, and it's been many, many years since I've seen this movie. So forgive me if there's anything in it that is not you know, worth mentioning. But what comes to my mind, I can't get this image out of my mind. Um, the old Bill Murray movie, What About Bob, where this family doesn't want to have anything to do with Bob. But Bob goes on like a sailing trip with them. And really what they do is they strap Bob to the sail. And Bob is yelling out, look, I'm sailing, as if he's having a great time. And really they've just kind of strapped him off to the side to have nothing to do with him. I feel like what may be happening right now from some of our conservative leadership, from some members of the body of Christ, depending on where they've placed their hope, is this feeling of, oh, I see what you guys are doing. This must be good. Like they're almost kind of trying to write into this something that works out in their favor because they have believed that this is just the way it's got to be. This has got to be in our favor because this is what we hoped for. Mm. Do you guys see what I'm saying? So, so I know I want to do this. I know you got to go because I I mean, I I can stay if you want me to. Oh, well, yeah, we do. But, you know, we understand that you got three jobs. So we want to make sure that we're respectful of time. Okay, good. So then on the other side of the break, then what I want to do. Is I want to talk again. I just want to drill down even further 
what this might look like. And and because mm-hmm. I want the church to be prepared. And how yeah. do we fortify the body of Christ? How do we equip ourselves to stand against what might be and probably already is coming up the pike? So I want to do that on the other side of the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio will grab the break and be right back. Stay close. You've been my savior, sustainer, when I'm at my end. My healer, redeemer, again and again. My mother and my father, brother, sister, and friend. Everything I've needed, Lord. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's unspoken. You've always been. Abraham Hamilton III, host of the Hamilton Corner, which airs weekdays at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can catch it this evening, and I highly recommend that you do. And if you've missed shows in the past, maybe you were unaware, I highly recommend that you go back and check those out as well. You Mm -hmm. can also watch it streamed on Facebook. I want to say YouTube. Probably a lot of different You have a Twitter account. You've got got all of these different ways that people can stay connected with you. Is Is that right, Abe? Yes, you are correct. Facebook, YouTube, for now. (laughs) <laughs> uh, and Twitter, <laughs> you, if you want to watch the videos, the live stream videos, you can watch them there as well. So the the direction that we're headed in this country is really a type of early church, um, you know, empire wide hatred. Right. Like yeah. this is this is what we're about to experience. Yeah. Those of us who just by being different, just by saying that we agree with the word of God is going to put us on the outside of majority culture. I mean, nobody wants to face that. We want to believe that we're all pretty much the same. We're all pretty much good Americans. But there's going to be a line that is going to become more pronounced as we continue to see wickedness increase. And so when we look at this decision that came from the Supreme Court um, yesterday, my question is this. So if I am, you know, I own a small school, I run a small school, a small private school, and I have an employee who is responsible for teaching my preschoolers. Okay. And they've been teaching my preschoolers for months. And then all of a sudden this person that I hired is, is a woman. And then they come in and this person is dressed like a man. Yeah. According to the Supreme court ruling yesterday, I can't discipline this person and I surely cannot fire this person. Yes. The only saving grace that may, and notice I said may exist is if you have constituted your school as a religious organization. Okay. Now, the name alone will not suffice. Hmm. So there there will need to be there will be a review and an analysis as to how much time is spent on what is described as secular instruction or versus uh religious activities and things of that nature. And if a judge somewhere decides that, yeah, you say that you're a Christian school, but really uh, that this teacher is involved solely in secular pur- for a secular purpose, then you, if you chose to discipline or terminate that employee, you may find yourself uh, in, in legal jeopardy. Wow. That's what the Supreme Court ruled yesterday. In what way does this ultimately um, attempt, because we understand the spiritual nature of how the Lord has designed the church, in what way does this ultimately weaken the church? Does it, does it weaken the church in America? Well, I'll have to answer your question in two ways. So on on initial review, the answer would be yes. But that is only if you are evaluating the church based on a popular profession as opposed to an analysis of the remnant. 
Sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh huh. Because <laughs> it does not weaken the remnant because the remnant's mind is already made up. Amen. Mm-hmm. So whether or not uh, it is better to obey Caesar or obey God, the remnant has already made their decision. That's right. So what it does is it makes it more difficult, perhaps, for the remnant to, go, to continue to obey God, but it doesn't necessarily weaken the remnant. But what it mm-hmm. does is I think it will make it more and more evident uh, what the remnant is made up of, the, the, this con- what the remnant yes. consists mm. of. And I yes. think that is where um, the body of Christ will, has no choice but to come to rest. Um, mm-hmm. We know throughout church history that the remnant has thrived under persecution. Amen. I think this is, if you had not uh, been aware before, I, this, I think this is the watershed moment, the tipping point moment where you can make the official declaration that persecution is on the way. I think this, it, I think there's no doubt about it because the only thing that's been left is, I would say, a temporal compromise that would apply not to the body of Christ in totality in the United States of America, but only to those organizations who have been officially sanctioned by the federal government as religious organizations and churches. So that Mm. leaves many Christians just waiting in the wind. So the same hypothetical you presented to me, if you have a school, if you just created a school and it's not a religious institution, then you're out. You Mm. would be just like the Harris Funeral Home owner, who, by the way, was a Christian. Mm. His his concern was, I hired a man, Mm -hmm. and my business requires me to aid grieving families. Right. Right. There are families who my employee has encountered that they knew him to be a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He now is telling them, telling everybody he wants to be a woman. I don't want my employees to add additional concern to families who are already grieving the loss right. of a loved one. Right. And right. because he's a Christian, the ownership of the Ferris Funeral Home, they sought to include biblical counsel, biblical support, biblical aid, and biblical offerings of hope. Mm-hmm. And he saw that a person is not complying with the company's dress code and also running afoul of what the word of God says as being an encroachment on not only his business, but his beliefs as a Christ follower. So businesses wow. having an established dress code, that means nothing. It means nothing anymore, anymore in the area, in it, when it concerns what I would argue, the super rights of the sexually and gender confused. Hmm. It means so nothing. There is there is no way right now from from your vantage point, the way you look at this and, you know, from the legal perspective, Abe, for Christian owned and operated businesses in mm-hmm. America. I mean, is there no line of defense? Are they just sort of exposed? Do they lose their First Amendment rights? I guess is simply what I'm asking. And, and, and I'll answer you the way that Justice Gorsuch answered. I don't know yet. Maybe we'll have to decide that when that issue comes up. And it will come up. And it will come that up. Will let's tested. just let's just take Jack Phillips. His case was in the, in the in the news sure. relatively recently because he had a customer. Let's assume one of Jack Phillips's employees mm-hmm. wanted to change his display. Mm-hmm. According to what the Supreme Court ruled yesterday, and the way that our nation uh, responds to Supreme Court precedent, right. if Jack Phillips were to attempt to discipline or terminate an employee who he knew to be a biological sex, who then decided for whatever reason that they no longer wanted to be that, the sex that they were born, and were, wanted to be an opposite of what they are biologically, mm-hmm. Jack Phillips would have no legal recourse if he chose to discipline that employee. That's what the Supreme Court said yesterday. Wow. Yeah. You know, 
when I, I can't help but I want to I want to I want to read a quote to you guys. You guys understand how much I love church history, right? But mm. I, I we find ourselves in a moment that the church has been in before. I want to read this this quote to you, and then I just want to get your reaction to it. I want to get your response to it, hopefully with some encouragement for the body of Christ as we stand today. But this is from the book uh, Church History in Plain English, or in Plain Language is the fourth edition. And I want you guys to listen to this and see if this doesn't kind of remind us <laughs> of where we are now. Um, it reads this way. Men always view with suspicion people who are different. Conformity, not distinctiveness, is the way to a trouble-free life. So the more early Christians took their faith seriously, the more they were in danger of crowd reaction. (laughs) Thus, simply by living according to the teachings of Jesus, the Christian was a constant unspoken condemnation of the pagan way of life. Mm. It was not that the Christian went about criticizing and condemning and disapproving, nor was he consciously self-righteous and superior. It was simply that the Christian ethic in itself was a criticism of pagan life. Mm. Do you guys see that increasing? Do you see that becoming more pronounced in the United States of America as it pertains to the church? Yes, I think that's on point for right now. I think the lines are going to be very, very, very clear, you know, and I think these type of situations serve to uh, make that line distinct. Yes, mm-hmm. and and I, and I mean within the church, you know, because mm-hmm. you're gonna the world we we can see like where they where they where they are, but the ones in the church that have this vacillating point of view, I think it's gonna come. We we'll be able to see it even more clearly with with things like this, because once again, I told you this, we're gonna be like the ones that are the hateful Christians mm-hmm. in the group. We're not like yes. them. Those those guys over there are hateful. They're bigots. But we're the loving Christians, and I could see what every every on one of these steps we're yes. getting closer and closer to that. I, yes, I agree hundred percent, and and I think that we were already headed in this direction. When you see the movements in the church to, uh, you know, to sidestep scripture on certain areas, the hot buttons of our day, sexuality, marriage, things of that nature, divorce, other things mm. that you had people that would just they wanted to ignore those portions of scripture already before what the Supreme Court said. Right. So mm-hmm. now. You have people that will use the Supreme Court's decision in their opinion as an umbrella for them to say, oh, I'm just trying to abide by the quote unquote mm-hmm. law of the land. Right. I'm just trying. I'm the, don't right. we have a responsibility to uh, render unto Caesar? Isn't government ordained by God? So all of these things that are happening, I think you, we will now see people try to take cover under the umbrella wow. of a Gorsuch and company as a basis for stamping out. Orthodox Christianity as being hateful. I think oh we are now goodness. on the runway for what has already happened in places like Canada and 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 in Sweden and other areas where they have sought to declare portions of Scripture to be hate speech. I think we are on the runway for that to happen in the United States of America. I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow, but I I I am telling you that that is the direction that we are heading in right now. Mm. Brothers, is there any turnaround from this? Is there are we coming back from this? And, and, and you know, I guess to, to really kind of drill down and, and where I'm yeah. hoping that we'll go, there is an opportunity for a revival of sorts in mm-hmm. our country, um, but it will come at a great cost. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're going to have to pay through the nose a little bit because of what we've already given up. What I mean, what we had, the Lord blessed us with, mm-hmm. but it seems that we've given up so much ground in order for there to be the type of revival that um, 
would be felt and experienced, it's going to cost us quite a bit. I agree. And, and I offered this encouragement on the radio last night. Uh, mm-hmm. The wonderful thing about the God that we serve is that what may be new to us doesn't make it new to him. Mm-hmm. And right. when the Lord ordained us for this moment, he knew what was coming. Yeah. I used the analogy last night when my, my, my children and I, we had the opportunity, and my wife, my family, we went on a cruise, and, and my son Gaby, y'all know Gaby, mm-hmm. he said, Daddy, that's such a big ship. And I said, yeah, Gaby, uh, because this ship is destined for deep waters, mm. <laughs> deep waters yeah. that the ship was made, not just a harbor, not just a park, but this ship was made for deep waters. You know what else it was <laughs> made for? It was made to be able to navigate successfully the storms that it would encounter on the deep waters. In fact, that this entire ship was built with the storm and the deep waters in mind. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying that our God, our King, our Messiah, our resurrected Christ, that when he purchased us by his own shed blood and ordained us for the 21st century, he knew that there would be a time when sexuality and and, and confusion concerning identity would be something used to persecute his bride. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know what? I've ordained a few good men and women for that time period to pick up the baton from the Athanasiuses and the Tertullians and those champions of the faith throughout all of church history to run the race to win in their times. Amen. And I am mm. saying that the Lord has built us, he has built his remnant with the, un, with the imminent storm in mind, mm. that our Lord not only knew that the storm was coming, but he desires a harvest in the midst of the storm. That's he right. desires it. It, it reminds me of that uh, the, the scene, one of my favorite scenes from the movie 300. I don't mm-hmm. encourage anybody to watch it. But this guy thought he was threatening the Spartans. This was a, uh, a depiction of the Battle of Thermopylae when the Persians were trying to take over Greece. And uh, the guy who represented the Persian king Xerxes said, you don't realize how big our armies are, that our arrows are so plentiful. We have so many soldiers that when we launch our arrows, they'll blot out the sky. <laughs> and he thought that that was going to cause the Spartans to back down. And the Spartan <laughs> soldier turns around and says, well, huh. I guess we'll fight in the shade. (laughs) (laughs) Brothers and sisters, I am telling you that we will fight in the shade Mm -hmm. because our fighting is not in our own strength, but we have been endowed and indwelled with the spirit of God for this moment. That God has given us of his spirit, not merely for consumption, but for function. Mm -hmm. It is going to cost us, but if we would give ourselves to our king, we may find ourselves to be able to identify with Paul and Silas. Having been bludgeoned and beaten in Philippi, these brothers are singing like the five heartbeats. <laughs> Talking about nice like this, I wish <laughs> that raindrops would fall. And, and, and I know I'm kind of joking, but I mean that. But no, it, 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 it requires us to embrace the Lord's view of yeah. our time and not just Amen. a humanistic, pietistic, moralistic view of our time, but we embrace the Lord's view Amen. of our time. What men see as great darkness and gross darkness covering the earth, God sees as a massive opportunity to rescue those who would be made casualties by this darkness. Mm. Man, we got about a sure. minute and change left, but I really wish, Abe, that you would, as you've already been doing, that you would encourage the listeners, because I know that there are people listening right now, and they're saying, how do I get to this place? They, they're saying, mm. yes, I agree, but I don't feel it right now. They feel their mm-hmm. faith failing them. They feel weakened mm. by what they see happening. How do they get to what you're describing? Mm. I would encourage every believer to begin on your face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Acknowledge mm-hmm. that reality. Lord, I feel weak. I f- I'm afraid. I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lift your voice up to the Lord. The Lord mm-hmm. says those who wait on him as the eagle, their strength shall be renewed. And I know there are a lot of people listening uh, who may or may not have been involved in political idolatry. And if you have been, today is a great opportunity to repent. Amen. Mm-hmm. And the beautiful thing that the Lord told David that when he repent, 
that when he repented, that he not only was able to repent, but he can go and strengthen his brother, mm. having now been able to see clearly how we should be engaged. And as a result, let us be about our father's business and make sure that uh, he is king on the throne of our hearts first and that we exalt him in our spheres of influence. Amen. Man, glory to God. That's a great way to end the show. When I get a text message from my mama and she says, just listening to Abe makes me want to fight on, that is an encouragement right there. All like, right. She's, she's just now learning how to text. So congratulations, <laughs> mom. I received that. Thank you so much. Uh, we will fight on. We are out of time. Abe, thank you so much for joining us, taking some time out of your day. We appreciate it. What an encouragement it is. The Hamilton Corner is tonight at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. Make sure you catch that. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Until then, Lord willing. God bless.